Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. to you about God the Father you know in the midst of all this troublesome atmospheres of, of sometimes of anger and violence and and all these things a lot of times like I said we we tend to ask God why and and a lot of times we have filtered our views of what's going on through the filter of how people have viewed God. And I've always said this, you know, there's a big difference between knowing God and knowing about God and knowing God. There's a big difference between just knowing who God is and having an intimate relationship with Him and just knowing God. You know, there's, there's, there's a big difference. There, here's the thing, when my wife and I went into covenant, I knew her as my girlfriend. But... We didn't have a covenant to get more intimate. But when a covenant comes, there's an intimacy that comes with that covenant. And when you got to know God, it became more than, oh, I just know about God. No, I know God. But when you get to know God, then you need to know that God is just more than that God that provides and, and that, that God that does all those things. There's much more to God than that. And so a lot of times we tend to be like, uh, my children with that dad call, that mom call. How many of you relate? Any of you have any children at mom? And you know what that means, right? Dad. It's one of, one of these calls. You know, they don't even have to ask. <laughs> mom. So from the beginning, the father wants to have a relationship with us when he created man from the very beginning. So the spirit has been calling the church to encounter the Father, even from the beginning, He wanted a relationship with man until man broke it through disobedience. Until Adam disobeyed God together with his helpmate. And, and from the beginning, they, they caused that separation between God and man where God was not part of the inside of man anymore, but He lived outside. So from the beginning, God has had a Father's heart that He wanted to share. But unfortunately, Man separated himself from God. And so this certain relationship started where it became an external relationship. And so today what I want to share with you is until we have an internal relationship with God, we will never get to know who the true Father is because we're only looking from the outside and he's only looking from the inside. But today, God is going to change that in us. How many of you are ready for a time of revival in the church? See, revival comes from within. Come on, say revival comes from within. There's a community here. There's a community. There's communities everywhere that revival has to start from within. Something needs to happen from within. Come on, say within. It starts inside. And so when it starts inside, we need to understand that God is wanting to have an inside relationship with us and not an external relationship with us. So in John chapter 14, verse 7, John chapter 14, verse 7 says, If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Why? Verse 8, because Philip said, 
Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. He was asking, like, show us who your dad is. Like an external dad, a physical dad. Show us who your dad is. That way we get to know your dad. But verse 9, Jesus answers and said to him, I have been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? What Jesus was saying is, you know, that verse, uh, actually, it says it originally in another way. Because originally when we read it, it said, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, because that what I see the Father do, I also do. But actually, in reality, in the original wording in Hebrew, it said it this way. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, because as the Father is, so am I. Did you get that? There's a big difference between being a cop because I'm imitating my father or emulating my father that I am like my father. <laughs> so if we understood Jesus' teaching from the beginning, the mission from the beginning was to teach. It was not only to come and, and bring out the works of the devil so we could come against them. It was to show the people that there was another relationship besides just knowing of a God from the Old Testament. That all he did was a God of destruction, a God of fire, a God that when he got mad at you, he would deal with you externally because he had a relationship with you externally in the Old Testament. The God of the Old Testament... If he got mad at you, he would either burn you or swallow you in the ground or get an army to go kill you or he would just get rid of you because that's the only thing he could do. But God didn't want to have that relationship with you anymore. God didn't want to have that relationship with people. He says, I don't want to deal with you externally. I want to live inside of you and deal with you from within where I don't have to deal with you physically. I deal with you spiritually. Because God is spirit. Come on, somebody say, God is spirit. But even if he's a spirit, he's also the, he also has the spirit of a father. He wanted to have a relationship with us. So as we study the Gospels, we see that Jesus' purpose the whole time was to teach a culture, a Jewish culture, that there was much more than a God, the God of Genesis 1 who created the heavens and the earth. There was much more than a God that, that was this, this, they thought this was this ball of energy that they could not get close to because they were going to get zapped. Even the people of Israel, when they came out of Egypt into the desert, there, there was this mountain. How many of you remember the story? There was this mountain, and they couldn't even get close to it because they thought that if, if they got close to the mountain, they were going to be dealt with. They were going to be zapped. They were going to be destroyed because they weren't good enough to have a relationship with this God of theirs. And there's people nowadays that still have that relationship with God because, again, it's an external relationship. I'm not good enough out here. The Bible says, I teach this on Wednesdays. We've been teaching in the real this. We are spirit, soul, and body. We are a spirit. Come on, say, I'm a spirit. God is a spirit. So my relationship with God is in spirit. That's how I look like him. I can't look like him here. I can't look like him in my soul room, which is my mind, my emotions, and my will. I can't because God is not human. God is spirit. Come on. But God says, I want to use 
your mind, will, and emotions. I want to use your external body. I want to hear, I want to see you manifest me externally, but I have to have an internal relationship with you. And so all the Jews knew was this God of destruction until Jesus showed up. And God said, I want to send one like me. I want to send my only begotten son so that he is part me, part human, and he can teach them and show them how it is. See, they felt they should keep their distance from him and trembled whenever they heard of this God because the old covenant relationship with God was external and one of fear. I'm afraid of God. How many of you have ever heard this? Oh, you need to be afraid of God. How many of you have ever heard even Christians say, Oh, I'm not afraid of the devil, but I'm afraid of God. Well, that word afraid has been misinterpreted to being scared of. Because I'm not good enough to get close to him. There's a big difference between that and reverencing God. We reverence his, we're in reverence in his presence. His glory was here, and there's a reverence in it. But I'm not scared that he's going to set me because that's not God. Because in the New Testament, we start reading of a son called Jesus. And you say, well, I've already heard about Jesus. I already know about God. I already know about Jesus. Yeah, but the problem is that sometimes the enemy comes and deals with your mind and makes you think that you're not good enough and you're not qualified enough. So in the New Covenant, when Jesus came, the relationship with God changed. And through Jesus, it became one of internal and of love. In the Old Testament, God with you would deal with you what? Externally. Come on, say externally. Because that's the relationship he had with you. But in the new covenant with Jesus, he deals with us internally because that's where he lives now. Come on, somebody say with me, God lives in me. He is part of me. This Wednesday, I was saying something. We cannot say, you love your neighbor as you love yourself or love God with all of your mind and all of your mind and all of your and all of your heart. Love him with everything you can. You can't say, oh, I love you, God, and then not love your neighbor. Because you know something? Come on. How many of you know God and have Jesus in your life? Come on. Raise your hand. How many of you have a relationship with God? If you have a relationship with God, that means that God lives inside of you. And because God lives inside of you and I love God with all of my heart, then I have to love you. God loves you and has a relationship with you because through Jesus, the son that lives inside of you, now he sees a son and a daughter inside of you. Oh, come on. And so this is what happens. So Jesus taught us that by understanding the Father's affection, they could have confidence to come with him. These people in the Old Testament knew God as God, Jehovah Jireh, the provider, or Jehovah Rapha, the healer. And God had all these names, and there's 300 names of God in the Bible. But Jesus said, you know all these names about him the most powerful, the almighty, all these things. But you don't know what name that I want to come and teach you. And that's the name Father, Abba, Father, Daddy, Mi Papa, my Father. 
How many of you remember the prayer when he started praying it? Here's the deal. Imagine the disciples are around him and suddenly one day they come up to him and they say, hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray. How many of you remember that when he asked him, teach us how to pray? And when he said, teach us how to pray, you got to understand that in the Middle Eastern culture, in the culture of that time, they would pray three times a day. So why would they ask Jesus, teach us how to pray if they already prayed three times a day? They knew prayer. Their culture taught them from when they were little that they were to pray three times a day. So then why would they ask Jesus, teach us how to pray? It's because they saw something in Jesus they had never seen before. It wasn't so much teach us how to pray. It was teach us how to talk to God the way you talk to God. Teach us how to have that relationship with God the way you do it. And Jesus said, okay, I will. When you go to him, say our father right there and then that just blew their mind. Because they had not heard of our father before. Because in their culture, God was not father. So suddenly they're like, they hear this father. What do you mean father? We, we've, never, we've never known him as father. Our father is Abraham. We've never known the father. And Jesus said, I want to teach you a sight of him that you do not know. And so the primary focus of Jesus was to come and get us close to the Father and declare a name about him that had never been declared. John 17, 26 says, I have declared to them your name and I will declare it, which is you are God the Father. Come on, somebody say God the Father. The reason I make you say things is that when you hear them, you remember them. Every time you hear Father now, you're going to remember God the Father. But the problem has been this. The problem has been that we have filtered God the Father in our relationship with Him through our physical, biological fathers or even the non-existent fathers. See, a lot of times we've known God as when I was growing up, this is all I would hear. All I would hear was about a God who was mad and I was always mad at me and wanted to wanted to beat me up and wanted to hit me and club me on the head with his staff or, or, or get, get upset with me because I messed up. That's all I would hear when I was growing up about a God. And it reminded me a lot about my relationship with my father at the time because he didn't have a relationship with his father. His relationship with his father was work, trabajo. Work, 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 work. All my dad ever knew how to say is attaboy. How many of you remember attaboy? I didn't, he didn't even know what it meant. He just said attaboy. So I would go cut the grass and attaboy. It sounds like get a boy and I'm not a boy anymore. I'm like, <laughs> but that's all he knew. He didn't know hugs. He didn't know affection because at 12 years old, my grandpa used to send my dad out to shepherd nine, eight, nine hundred sheep and goats and would go drop them off for 15 days to go 10 sheep and goats. At 12 years old, 15 days out in the dark, 15 days out in the month, out in the brush, taking care of sheep. He didn't have anybody. He says they would be scared. The coyotes would come. He was always in fear because he thought something was going to happen to him. And all my grandpa ever did was just go pick him up, go take him home, get him a shower, go get a haircut if he needed, buy him a lollipop, get him supplies, go send him back another 15 days. 
And if, if he lost one sheep or one goat, he was going to get it when he got home. And that's how people have always viewed God as this God that only, only this, this relationship with God, if I only call on you when I meet you. And if I don't do right, you're going to punish me. But Jesus says, I wanted to change that. I wanted to change that in you. So Jesus said, I'm going to come to earth. I'm going to reveal you physically a side of the Father through me. And then when I die on the cross and leave, I'm going to send you one like me. That's called the Holy Spirit, which is the comforter. Come on. Somebody say the comforter. One that's going to live inside of me. Come on, say it. Inside of me. One that will take you to a place of being next to the Father. Because for a long time, where do we see God? Oh, he's in heaven, somewhere over there on the other side of the sun. Yes or no? He's over there real far away. One day, I'll get to spend time with God. Well, let me remind you what the scripture says. Jesus said, our Father who are in what? Heaven. Come on, say heaven. And the Bible says that Jesus is seated next to the what? Father. Where? In heaven. And what is he doing? Interceding for us. Yes or no? But then the Bible also says that we are seated in heavenly places together with who? Jesus. So guess where we're seated together? With the Father. So the Father's not over there. The Father's right here next to me. Oh, but the Bible says he is in where? In heaven, but through his Holy Spirit, heaven is inside of me. Come on. Somebody needs to wake up with that. Because we've been desiring to go to heaven for a long time when Jesus brought heaven to us to live inside of us. And I'm not telling you we're not going to go to heaven one day. But he wanted to make it that you got so used to the spirit of the Father in his house in heaven that we go, well, one day we'll go to heaven and be in his house. God says, this is my house. You are my house. You're my habitation. You're where I live at. I want people to get to know me through you and invite you in. Because you have the Father inside. But until you get to know the Father, you will never get to release the Father. And the problem has been that we have filtered the Father through a relationship with fathers. But the Word of God says in 1 John 4.19 that we love Him because He first loved. Come on, say, we love Him because He first loved us he first loved me and because he first loved me I have a relationship with him and I love him the measure listen to this I want you to write this down if you can the measure of the father's love for Jesus is the same measure of his love for me Come on, let me repeat that again. The measure of God's love for Jesus is the same measure of love for me. Does, did God love Jesus? Yes or no? But here it is. We think we need to perform all these things so God loves us. Because we want to be accepted the way our father accepted us or didn't accept us. I remember I, had, I wanted to 
jump over loops so I could please my dad, so my dad could pay attention to me. Because my dad didn't know how to love because his dad never loved him. My dad didn't know how to go to a baseball game and see me because he, all he thought of is work, 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 and church. And eat. And that was it. Dad, come to me to a baseball game. Paqué. What for? Because I want you to be proud of me. Come to me to a football game so you can see me play. Paqué. I got to work. It's church night. And so my dad didn't understand that, oh, you need to be there for me, love. Because he didn't know that kind of love. But one day, say this with me, one day, one day, he met God the Father and it changed his life. And I'll tell you something about that in a minute. But when we understand God's love, it changes us. And so suddenly, Everything I did, everything I saw was based on how my dad loved me or didn't love me. Or how my dad was there for me or wasn't there for me. But one day, I was in Mexico. And I was staying at my grandpa's house. And my grandpa used to be this mean, tough, chicote guy. You know what a whip is, right? It was like he would whip everybody. He was always mad. He didn't know love because his dad would whip him. And I remember that's the type of treatment my grandpa had towards my dad. If you misbehave, I'm going to whip you. And so that's the relationship a lot of times the church has with God. But I remember this time we were staying. I was staying. I was living at my grandpa's. I was taking care of him because my grandpa had lost everything. He developed cancer. I don't want to uh, uh, gross you out, but the, the, his, his whole, he had skin cancer. And all this side of his face was connected all the way down here. Nobody wanted to be around him. Nobody wanted to treat him. Nobody wanted to go and, and bathe him. I would do that. And I was there for him. Nobody wanted to participate in taking care of him because he was he used to be mean and my aunt aunts and uncles thought oh that curse came upon him because he was mean but one day i was there in the house and i remember my dad showed up to go visit my grandpa and he opened the door to that little wooden house and i went and hid and through a little crack of a door i started seeing this scene and then suddenly i see that my dad goes up to my grandpa and he says Como estás, how are you dad and then he goes and and he he hugs them and my grandpa said levántame get me up so he got him up and he looked at him he says how come everybody hates me? How come nobody comes and sees me? He says, Dad, because you were mean. You rejected everybody, Dad. You pushed them away with your heart, with your anger, with, with your resentment and your bitterness and how mean you were. You were evil, Dad. You were evil to your children. And I remember my dad said, but then he tells me, he says, but how come you come and see me? And I remember my dad hugged him and said, because I met the father, because I met God and he changed my heart. And he told me to forgive you for everything you did to me when I was little. And I don't remember, I, and not remember what you did to me. I forgive you. 
And because God remembers my sin and iniquity no more, according to Hebrew, because he doesn't remember what I did in the past anymore, because he washed me with the blood of Jesus, then I don't want to remember what you did to me anymore because I want to be like the Father. I want to love you, not because of what happened in the past, but because of who I am right now. And my grandpa started crying and hugged him. And for the first time ever, this man said the words, Te quiero mucho, hijo. I love you, son. My dad cried like a baby, six foot three. People ask me, why are you so short? Well, because my mom was four nine. <laughs> they used to make fun of him because my mom was kind of gordita and my dad was tall and skinny and they looked like number 10. So I've been el DS, here comes number 10. <laughs> so I stayed in the middle. <laughs> So I remember I was looking through the crack at that door and I saw that my dad was going to leave and I ran outside acting like I was just coming in. I remember he comes outside, mijo, and he gives me a hug. And then he says, I'm sorry for all those times I was not there for you. Ya comiste, you already ate? No, let's go eat. And he takes a hundred dollars and gives me a hundred dollars because suddenly he had an experience with his dad. For the first time ever in his life, he heard, Te quiero mucho. I love you. But you know why that came? Because he showed my grandpa a picture of the father he had never seen through the son. Come on, if you're going to give it to the Lord, give it to the Lord. know how people are going to get to see the father the way Jesus did. People got to know the father through the son and the only way people are going to get to know the father is through his children. Oh. Come on, somebody say with me, God loves me just as much as he loves Jesus. You know, when you get baptized, it's not a ritual just to people say, oh, he got baptized, so you have compadres or something. You know, when you got baptized, it's not only to say, oh, you know what, he got baptized, you know, because it's part of the process of salvation or to, or, you know, or he's a member of a church. No, when Jesus got baptized, the Bible says that for the first time in 400 years, the heavens open. And when the heavens open, the voice that came from heaven was the voice of the Father. It wasn't the voice of God. It was the voice of the Father for the first time on, for the first time in a long time. God finally said what he wanted to say all of his existence. This is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. Did you hear that? And at that time, Jesus hadn't healed anybody. He hadn't resurrected anybody. He hadn't done any miracles yet. He had done nothing. All he did was step into this water, open the heavens, and the Father acknowledged him and said, I am pleased with you, not because of what you do, but because of who you are. And that's what God is telling you today. I am pleased with you, not because of what you do, but because of who you are. God loves you. The Father loves you. And that Father wanted to send His Spirit of the Father to live inside of you so you could show the people the Father. So you could say this. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Not because because what you see me do is what I see the Father do. No, but because what you see me do is who the Father is. I am like my father. I don't copy him. I have his DNA in him. 
I am like the bother. You know, the human heart was created to long for loving and caring. And somebody can and hug them and love on them because we, we yearn for that, yes or no? When we succeed at something, we want people to come and hug us and congratulate us. And, oh, you did it. I felt so proud to graduate my last son this, this Friday. And I was like, oh, my God, three children graduated. I felt so bad. And then I had them all this weekend for the first time. Even the extras, the boyfriends and the girlfriends. <laughs> Los otros. I was even dad to them. And I remember I said, my son, the youngest one, he comes to me and he said, Dad, are you proud of me? And I said, son, even if you wouldn't have done anything, I'm proud of you. If you don't have been five top five in your class, I would I'll still be proud of you. Even if you would have been the last one to get no ribbons, no nothing, I still would have been proud of you. Because it's not what you do that makes me proud. It's who you are, my son. You carry my name, Cantu, and I'm proud of you. Well, we carry his name, and he's proud of us. Everywhere we go, we carry his name. And so many don't understand the love of the Father because they never had a relationship with their Father. Or maybe they had a tainted one. You know, I've always said this. Padre no es el que los hace. Padre es el que los cría. The Father is not the one who makes them. It's the one who raises them. And I am, I am here to say I applaud those fathers who have taken and adopted children as their own children. How many of you know a guy named Brian Cisneros? You know, here's these two little boys and I see him. And he loves those kids. They're his kids. They're his boys. And he hugs them and he runs. And, and I see what he does because he's proud dad. He has a, he's a proud dad. Maybe it's not his seed. But in the spirit it has become his seed because God gave those children to him. And that's the way God is with us. He said, maybe, maybe I did. you were not my child, but through my son you became my child. You got adopted into me and now you're like my child and I treat you like that. And the same things that I do for my son Jesus, now I will do for you because you will receive the same inheritance as the firstborn. You are the firstborns of the firstborns. And everything that was handed to Jesus has also been handed to you. The power to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The power to cast out demons. The power to preach the gospel with authority and power. The, the, the power to have, to have the heavens open right there. The power to have his favor that everywhere you go, blessings come. The power that wherever you step and there's demonic activity, as soon as you step in that place, the demons come running to you and kneel down before you and say, this is the son of God. What do you want with us? You know why? Because he's the son of the creator of those demons. Everything was created by God. So everything has to submit to the authority of God. And you might ask, well, why would God create those things? Because if, if there's no darkness, there, there can't be light. If there's no sickness, there can't be miracles. Well, come on. If Lazarus doesn't die, Jesus can't resurrect him. And God doesn't get all the glory. Are you understanding me? 
Every time you ask, why are there so many problems? It's so that the church will wake up and do something about it. For you to stop asking, why, why? Do, do, do. But sometimes it becomes into do-do. Come on. Jesus once shared a parable that freaked out all the disciples and the Jews because remember I told you at the time, is somebody getting something today? The Jews said they didn't know God as the Father. So here comes Jesus, suddenly they start hearing him call him Father and Father. And the Pharisees would get mad and say, how dare you call him Father? Nobody gets to call him Father. He says, I do. Because I live in him and he lives in me. Come on, say, I live in him. And he lives in me. And in, in Luke chapter 15, 11 through 32, we don't have to go there. We know the story, a parable called the parable of the prodigal son. How many of you have ever heard that story? And they named it the prodigal son. But today I want to change the name of it. And I want to call it the, pro, the parable of the loving father. See, the Bible says that this son asked for an inheritance. So here's Jesus sharing this parable with the Jews that were that were bitter and ugly and resentful and and they wanted to to get mad at everybody and they thought that everybody who was sick or everybody who, who who didn't have anything and was poor was cursed by God and God rejected them and that's why they were poor but Jesus comes and shares a parable and says I want to share a parable with you he says okay he says there was this one man that asked his dad for his inheritance now in Jewish culture at the time if you asked your father for your inheritance and he hadn't died it was like spitting in his face and says i wish you were dead so immediately you were supposed to be stoned to death for disrespecting your father and the bible says that jesus sharing this parable and they're probably freaking out inside they're going wait a minute well good this story is going to end up with punishment with judgment he says, and the young man went, and we all know the story. He spent all of his inheritance. He ended up in a pig pen, and the Bible says that he came to his senses. Come on, somebody say, he came to his senses. He remembered who his father was. Maybe right now you know a lot of people who are in a pig pen. But your prayer should be, Father, we pray they come to their senses. At one point, this country used to serve God let's not go anywhere else in the world just this country used to serve God with such a passion when I was growing up in the 70s there was all this honor and respect for God I don't care if it was religious they honored God but this country has gone to the pig pen so my prayer for the USA is God let the USA come back to their senses just like that young man he says and when he came to us he goes hey even the servants in my father's house eat better than I'm eating right now I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna ask for forgiveness so let me tell you something else please mothers and fathers do not stop praying for your children do not stop keep praying at some point they will come to their senses and they will come to the Lord I promise you that but don't stop praying for them how many of you are gonna do that and so suddenly, he's coming back. And the, the, the Bible says that the father stood there and he took off his belt. And he goes, in case my, my son comes, 
Verse 20 says, and he rose and came to his father, but when he was still at a great way off, his father saw him and had, it says, and had, and took out his belt and says, deja que llegue este huerco fregado. Right? He said that. Deja que llegue este mocoso. Me las va a pagar. Does that sound familiar? Let this guy just get here. Let this guy get here. Oh, as soon as he gets here, I'm going to give him the beating of his life. And I remember when I was little, one time I came home from school, my dad had a belt, and he whipped me and whipped me and whipped me. And then I asked my mom, I said, what did I do? She said, I don't know. What did you do? I said, I don't know. He never told me. To this day, he passed away and never told me. But he beat me up. I don't know what I did. So the Bible says that when he saw him at a, list, at a distance, he took his belt out and said, oh, wait till he gets here. I'm going to whip him, right? That's what he said. Because that's the way we see God. Every time we mess up, that's why, that's what the devil wants you to think, that God is waiting with you with a belt here at church. That's why a lot of people don't want to come back because they think based on the way you have portrayed God, that he's a mean God, a judgmental God, a punishing God, that all he wants to do is strike you all the time and beat you up. The people don't want to come because that's what we've shown of God. But no, the Bible says something different. There was no belt. The Bible says that when he saw him at a distance, he had compassion. And I want to praise God for my beautiful wife that once told me this and said this. He says, she says, you know why he ran? The Bible says, and he ran and jumped on his neck and kissed him. And you know why he did that? Because in the Jewish culture of the time, his workers knew he says, well, if that guy ever comes back, we're going to stone him to death because he disrespected our boss. And even before he could get there, he ran and he jumped on him. He says, do not hurt my son. Do not do anything to him. He's my son. And if I decide to forgive him, that's on me. And I want to restore him. And I want to give him new shoes. I don't care where he's been. I want to give him a new robe. And I want to put his ring of inheritance back on him and restore him. Because that's what a father does. Imagine the Jews that knew another kind of God. Hear this story. That's the kind of father we serve that if 70 times you fall 70 times he'll pick you up just the way your little kids would fall you didn't go ah, mugroso, pa que te caíste? no ay mijito echele saliva y tierrita whatever it takes you put a little dirt or, or whatever saliva I don't care Vicks if you're Mexican you know what I'm talking about we fix everything with Vicks. The white people fix everything with peroxide. But anyway, and peroxide makes everything white, so I get it. Anyway, give the Lord a hand. It's good to laugh every once in a while, but you get it. We still want to pick them up, yes or no? Let me show you how to walk, mijita. Let me show you how to walk, mijito. Get up. You got this. You got this. So today I want to encourage you. This world needs the heart of the Father. 
They don't need to see that image of God. You're the only ones that can transmit the heart of the Father to the people. You know, I was reading the story of this young man, the one who shot all these children in Uvalde, and I was reading the story, and suddenly there's an interview that they did to his father, and in that interview, the father says, you know, my son, he didn't like me. He told me he didn't like me because I wasn't there for him. I had to work. But he told me he didn't like me, which tells me that he didn't have a relationship with his dad. You know, this affected many. He had the absence of a father figure to guide him. But more importantly, he had the absence of the love of the father inside of him. And you might say, well, I've talked to many about Jesus and they don't change. Well, what Jesus are you sending to them? What Jesus are you preaching to them? When you present God the Father, it doesn't mean that you're not going to go through trials and tribulations. It means that he says, I want to be proud of you. And we want to continue to pray for the families and Ubaldi and all that. But I want to tell you this, before my children, all of them left to college, my son will go to college in August. And I told him this, son, at some point, I want you to stop being dependent of me. I want you to stop depending on your parents. But I want you to never stop needing us. Did you hear that? At some point, you need to grow up and become an adult and stop depending on our money, our ways, but never stop needing us. Because if you're ever without, there's a bed, there's food, there's a roof. There may be two bucks in my pocket, but I'll give them to you. Never stop needing me. But at some point, you got to stop depending on me. And that's the heart of God towards you. He wants you to grow up at some point where he says, I've given you everything you need to be a grown-up son or daughter of God to do extraordinary things for the kingdom of God. I've given you the authority that when you get a headache, you know it's an oppression from the enemy. Cast it out. I've given you authority that whenever there's trouble at home, you rebuke it and you clean house. Come on. I've given you all the weapons you need. I've given you an armor. I've given you the word of God. I've given you the Holy Spirit. I've given you everything as a son and a daughter. I'm the good father. I give good things to my children. But even if you ever get to the point that you need him, the Bible says, call on his name and you will be saved. Please stand up with me this afternoon. If you don't mind, I'm going to get my belt back on or else my pants are going to fall and, and then you'll stone me to death. How many of you know and recognize that you need the heart of the Father? You know, I, I haven't been the most perfect father at times, 
But every time that I call on the name of the Lord, I always say this. I say, Father, please help me remember that moment that my dad had with my grandpa where the son showed the father the spirit of the father. There's people out there that need God the father, not God, God the father. And the only way people are going to get to know the father is through his children. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to reflect for a minute and say, especially the fathers that are here and say, what kind of a father have I been to my children? Maybe I have been absent and, and I'm ashamed and I'm embarrassed to even confront them about it, but there's always time. This coming month of June, we're going to be celebrating Father's Day and, you know, and I don't just want it to be another holiday and I want it to have meaning. I want this whole month to be a month of you reflecting as a father and say, I'm going to go back and if I haven't called my children, if I haven't hugged them, if I haven't done anything that I'm supposed to do as a father, I'm going to do it. Or if your father was not there for you, then forgive him and give him a call and tell him, Dad, I love you, Dad. I love you, viejo. Te quiero mucho. You tell him something that he hasn't heard before, that he hasn't spoken before. And even if he freaks out, just tell him, Dad, I love you, Dad. What do you want? Nothing. I just want to tell you I love you. I just want to honor you. So close your eyes and say, Father, I come to you. I repent if I haven't been transmitting the spirit of the Father to those who don't know the Father. And if I'm a, a dad that hasn't been there for my children, I repent. Change my heart to the heart of a father. So I can say this is my beloved son or my beloved daughter and who I am well pleased. Whether they were good or not good, I still love them with all my heart. As a matter of fact, this morning, if there's somebody out there who has not had a relationship with a father, if there's somebody who says, today, today, I want to come back to the father. I want every eye closed, every head bowed. If you haven't, if you say, I want to come back to the father, you say, but I haven't had that close relationship with the father, raise your hand. Or if you're at home, just right there where you're at, just say, I want to come back to the father. I want a relationship with the father. If you're that person, just raise your hand and say, I want to come back to the Father. God bless all of you that are raising your hands. The ones at home, watching at home, or wherever you're at. Right now, we pray right now, Father, that the spirit of the Father, the spirit of adoption, that they can say, I give my life to you right now. In Jesus' mighty name, I give my life to you. By the power of the Holy Spirit. I declare it done in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.